I'll be Yahweh, sharing your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to my brothers and sisters for encouragement, strength, uplifting, and if need be, admonishment, Father God, that they would understand that it is done in love. For I've shared before that for those of us that seek offense, we will find offense. But if we seek your face, your truth, your knowledge, your wisdom, your love, that is what we will find. But, Father, we also know that there are those here that all they do is seek offense, derision, division, separation, and they're following after the enemy. Father God, that sharing this word would draw them back in to reading and seeking your face. Have Yahweh Amman, Yeshua Amman, Parakritos Amman. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our lives. Brothers and sisters, I share that with you, and I'll share it again with you. And like I've shared with you numerous times before, if you're offended, I don't care. I, I do, but I don't, because the, the issue is this. If you f- seek offense, you will find offense. If you look to be offended by something, you're going to be offended by it. Period. It doesn't matter what anybody says, how they sugarcoat it, how they change it. This is why the word of God tells us to stand upright, be bold, and be stand fast in the word of God. Because it doesn't matter. Someone, somewhere, is going to find a reason to be offended. Period. So, that being said, I don't care because the validation comes from my Father God, not from mammon. Mammon being men and women that dwell in this place called earth that decide that they want to call this home instead of looking forward to our heavenly home, which is promised of us. And sadly, as I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, that there are those that claim to be Christians that get so agitated by talking about, you know, leaving this place. Oh, this is our home. Oh, you know, why, what are you talking about? This is our, no, it's not our home. Not yet, because Jesus Christ is going to come back. This place is going to be purged of all the filth and nastiness and destruction. And and it's actually going to look like it was intended to before everyone decided that they didn't want to be stewards of God's gifts anymore and destroyed this place with the pollution and throwing garbage around. And brothers and sisters, I, I walk around through the city when I'm even walking my dogs in the close by where I live. People take their masks off, they throw them on the ground. This stuff is supposed to be so deadly and so viral that they just take their mask off and throw them on the ground. There's no special condition, containment or anything for them. And I see this in the downtown area. I see it everywhere. They just take stuff off and they throw it on the ground. They walk down the street and they're eating and they throw it on the ground. And they're three feet from a garbage can, but it goes on the ground. They'll walk right by a garbage can and just drop stuff. They don't, I mean, this is stewardship of this place that God established for us to be residing. So why don't we take care of it? Anyway. Let's get off that high horse and back down onto a level field and, and talk about what we're talking about. The word of God, his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom. Although what I shared was truthful. Brothers and sisters, I want to share some things here. Who's the strongest person that you know? And no, Jesus Christ doesn't count. 
someone other than Jesus Christ. Because we have to know and understand that it took great strength and faith to step off the throne of heaven, set down his crown, and acknowledge that God, Abba Yahweh, loves us so much. And Jesus Christ said, I'll go. And came here to sacrifice himself as a sacrificial lamb for us. That took great strength, great faith. And no, I'm not talking about Superman, the Hulk, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and all that DC comic millennial garbage. Of course, those folks were in existence when I was young, and they weren't uh, like they are now. Different. But we're not talking about comic book superheroes. We're not talking about Spidey and all that stuff. We're talking about real people. And for me, besides reading about Samson and and uh, David and Goliath and all this stuff, for me, my earthly father was incredibly strong. And things that he used to share with me verbally, you know, and, and sadly, I never... I never told my father that he was my hero. Never shared those words with him. And he died doing what he loved. He was a firefighter and actually had saved several people and some that I didn't know about that I learned about after he passed away, just like I learned that he was on Guadalcanal after he passed away. We talked about some things, but... You know, when you're in, I don't talk about things that, that I did in the military and very specific individuals that I share with. Um, but he was on Guadalcanal. Historically speaking, and, and none of you know about it, or I'm certain that uh, they don't even talk about Vietnam and history books in school anymore. And people rarely even hear about that. <laughs> and I guess some youngster overheard me talking to somebody and said, what is that? And I just kind of looked at him. I was, I was surprised, but shouldn't have been because history is trying to be erased. They're attempting to erase history about so many things. But at any rate, I didn't hear or know that he was in Guadalcanal until after he passed away. Historically speaking, Guadalcanal, out of thousands of Marines and soldiers that were on that island, only a handful survived and returned to uh, military terminology we call the real world. Um, it was horrendous. It was pretty terrible. Um, and there were times where no one had any munitions or food and they went days without that. And they were fighting literally hand-to-hand -hand combat and um, my father survived that. And for whatever reason, I never, I never, I, I guess taking things for granted, but that man, and not for that purpose, but for a different purpose. I mean, his physicality, he was not an overly great big guy, but... Oh my gosh, I mean, he had Popeye forearms and and his coworkers used to 
mention that. Um, he was very, his hand strength was powerful. I mean powerful. And um, he could bend and do things with his hands and arms that many people could not. Um, but a very powerful man, but powerful and strong for other reasons. And he could cry readily when something was emotional enough and touched him deeply enough, he would cry. And 99.9% .9 of the time, that was anything and everything to do with God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and the teaching of the word, and the sharing of the word. He hugged openly, and he also bust kisses on brothers and sisters, as told to do in the scriptures. That's what I'm talking about right there, strength. And what he used to say, because so many people, you know, growing up, other boys and girls would say, oh, you're a boy, you're not supposed to cry. Only sissies cry. No, that's not true. And my father, my hero, my earthly father, who was very strong, who cried openly, would tell me, he said, you have to be strong enough to cry. And I was totally baffled, puzzled. I didn't understand that. But he said, you have to be strong enough because there are going to be those that are going to try to tease you and taunt you, make fun of you. And are you going to be strong enough to be able to ignore that and not get angry and upset about it and going to be able to share and show that anyway? You have to be strong enough to be able to show certain aspects of the of emotions. So brothers and sisters, in thinking of that, I'm thinking about this, and, and I share with you again the, the, uh, the love of confirmation that God gives me when he gives me something that tells me that I'm sharing the right thing and correctly, and, and uh, it's the, similar to the road signs on the highway. He's directing my traffic and, and pointing me in the right direction, and he's done so again in this uh, in lesson that I was reading through this morning. And being reflective of that love that we have. Okay, are we going to be strong enough to do those things that we're directed to do in the Bible? I've already shared with you that there's some men that, that get all twitchy about getting a kiss on the cheek. But the thing of it is that the word of God says that we are to greet one another with a holy kiss. So that indicates to me that they still need to learn how to be strong. They need to be strong enough to be able to do that. I do it. I mean, it's done um, because the word tells me to do so. And it's, uh, am I going to follow the, the word of God and follow what God tells me to do? Or, or am I going to follow along with mammon and slither along like they do? And brother and sister, you have to be strong enough in order to do that. So, we also have to be strong enough to understand and not be afraid that, that we are different and that certain giftings that God has provided for us are going to be different than someone else. And we cannot look and compare ourselves to somebody. Well, how come that brother and sister is doing that? And how come they're getting to do that? Or how come they're doing that? And I'm doing this and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's because there are certain things that God has us designed to do, and in particular, he has 
that desire and he has anointed us with that certain gift and we might be much better at doing what we're doing than anybody else or that other person. And they could very well be thinking or saying the same thing to someone else. Gosh, man, how come they get to do that? I could do that. Um, the reality is that quite possibly they can't. So brothers and sisters, let us not get caught up in comparative thinking and comparing ourselves with everyone else. This is, this is the derisive nature that Satan puts between us. Comparing ourselves. This comes to the skin tone. This comes to the wearing of clothes. This comes to, you know, smells or whatever. It doesn't make any difference, brothers and sisters. God created the skin tone. We decide on the character of our heart. Are we going to have and be strong enough to carry the character of the heart of Jesus Christ and the love that we're supposed to have? Are we going to be strong enough to do that and stand up with that and not worry about being different or peculiar or odd to those that look at us or watch us? Because, brothers and sisters, I've shared this with you. They are watching they speaking of those that are not in the body of Christ, who have decided not to follow the word of God, but rather that of mammon and of the devil. They do watch, constantly watching. And they report. Are we going to be strong enough to stand up? Are we going to be strong enough, as I shared before, are we going to have that courage if it comes time for us to lay down our lives for our brothers or sisters, the brethren of the church, are we going to be strong enough to do that? Or are we going to say, oh, no, oh, no, I'll renounce, I'll renounce. Are you going to renounce the Father God, Abba Yahweh, the maker of all things made? You're going to renounce your faith in him and your belief in Jesus Christ so that you don't die? Brothers and sisters, <laughs> I know every, there are so many out there that, oh, goodness gracious, doom and gloom, talking about dying. Well, yeah, brothers and sisters, there are those that are in the body of Christ who are doing so now. As I speak to you, they are dying. Their heads are being cut off and they're being martyred because they will not renounce their faith in God or belief in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God. And it's happening Northern China, they're being placed in internment camps, re-education centers, as they like to call them, and as the other socialists in this country declare them to be, re-education camps. They're talking about establishing those in this country. And there are members of our Congress that have declared that openly. Sad, brothers and sisters, what are those re-education camps really going to be about? And many of those that go to northern China re-education or internment camps are actually losing their heads. They're being martyred because they will not renounce their belief in God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and renounce their faith in order to declare their faith in their government. So they lose their heads. They're martyred. It's happening in North Korea is happening in certain places in the Middle East. I've shared with you that that man turned his wife in and they actually cut her head off and their 10-year-old child because they believed in God and she was going to a Christian, a hidden Christian church and they have to hide because of this very thing and they hunt them. They do like Paul did. They hunt Christians down. 
They burn out their hidings, their, their churches where they're meeting and praying. They burn those out, and then they kill those they find because they refuse to renounce. Are we going to be strong enough to go through that, brothers and sisters? It takes some great strength. Walk boldly with God and wear the armor that he created for us. And it's important that we do this. And I'm going to share something out of First John with you, brothers and sisters. And talking about the light and the darkness. First John 1, 4. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light and he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Brothers and sisters, there are many, and I've shared this before, that will declare themselves to be Christians or pastors and they teach falsely, they lead falsely, false doctrine. And I shared with you that in particular that that church that the Holy Spirit walked me right out of and that I foolishly had returned to a second time and didn't try the Spirit the first time. I was just so anxious to be in fellowship because of all the silly stuff that's going on COVID-wise that people were believing these lies and things that were being declared. And again, it's not that it's not out there. There is that thing, but what they're trying to propagate and push is for control and derision and separation. And it's easier to control let me let me use this analogy again. I've already shared with you the analogy of the herding animals, and, and believe me, and when I say this, brothers and sisters, it's also biological and physiological facts. We are members of the animal kingdom. Um, like that or not, I actually learned that in biology in fifth grade primary lesson, and then in sixth grade continuing through sciences, and then going into junior high and high school, that we are members of the animal kingdom. That means a lot of things. We are uh, in a food chain, so declaring that these other creatures that God has placed on this earth and uh, they don't go rogue and get a bloodlust ta- blood for human flesh. It's just that we're in the, if we happen to invade their territory and they're hungry, we're going to get eaten, period. So saying that to say this, that brothers and sisters, we tend to herd by fear um, when things happen that are, if you've watched uh, herds of animals out there and a thunderstorm or a thunder happens and you see these animals, they bolt and they start to stampede. And you have a herd of a couple hundred thousand head of cattle or buffalo or whatever. Well, of course, buffalo, they don't herd like that anymore. They used to herd where the swath of the buffalo herd that crossed the plains used to be a half a mile wide. 
until they just started getting shot and killed and left out there because they wanted to build the railroad a half a mile wide and would just go on and on and on. And many times this is how the uh, Indians that lived out on the plain would find them for their hunting. They would take off and they would travel, basically following the herd to, to feed, and they would follow them, but the sign was there. And can you imagine what would happen if that herd just decided to stampede and they got afraid and they just started going? So in controlling these things, which is what's going on now, you separate the herd, you diminish the herd, you part it. And the smaller the grouping, the easier the control is. So that's just food for thought, talking about herding. And then we're going to get back over here to this. That, that's important to think about. Are we going to be strong enough to resist that? And that has to do with strength. So it's not something different. It's uh, something relative. Everything that I share with you, brothers and sisters, is relative. It's truth, wisdom, and knowledge from God the Father and the Holy Spirit that provides these things. <clears throat> Again, I'm going to share things with you that are not made up, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to be doing that. And again, I invite you to try my spirit, as I often do. And I will remind you again, in case there are some new listeners, try my spirit. Pray. Talk to the Holy Spirit. If he tells you not to listen to me because I'm a liar, then really simple. You see the post come up and you just delete it. You don't listen. However, my faith in my God, my Lord, and Paracritos, the Holy Spirit, is going to tell me that that's not going to happen. Why? Because God has condoned what I do and helped me to find this and believes in me to share his treasure, his word, with brothers and sisters, and he believes that this is a good way to get the word out there to more people. So, that being said, try my spirit, <clears throat> and you're going to find that I speak truth. Always speak truth. When it comes to God's word, anything that I do or say is going to be truthful. And, brothers and sisters, that is important because mammon, and I share with you again that that is merely definitive word of man and woman, worldly population, so that there's not this gender issue because so many people out there find offense with men and women or saying that. I mean, goodness gracious, they're trying to find offense with, with Jesus' portrayal and pictures. Why isn't he a woman? Why isn't he black? Why isn't he brown? Why isn't he, oh my gosh. Get over it, people. Get over it. It doesn't make any difference. The tonation of skin doesn't make any difference. God decided that. It's the character of your heart that matters. If you seek offense, you're going to find it. Mammon. Worldly people living in this world, crawling in this world. They slither through darkness, stumbling, falling, failing, and complaining the whole time about it. And yet, <clears throat> won't do anything. Do absolutely nothing about it. They don't say, you know, I'm tired of doing this. 
people have talked to me about God, talked to me about Jesus. Jesus, you're real, come into my heart. I want to have belief in you and faith in God. Bam, their life has changed. But do they do that? No. They continue slithering around in the darkness, trying to reach out and feel where they're going, and they don't do anything. Christ desired that in following him and believing in God, that we be the light that he is, that he's declared. Jesus Christ has declared that he is the light of the world. The word of, in his word, he has declared that. And that in doing so and following him, that we be light bearers. We have the light of the Holy Spirit that's in us, the love of God and Jesus Christ in us, then why the frowning, the shuffling of feet, and the looking down at the ground all the time? And I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, when I go to church and I see people like that, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I fell into that millennial speech, sorry. <clears throat> anyway, I think to myself, my goodness gracious, these folks are supposed to be children of God, saved from death, sure death, being able to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and go into heaven and have this great, wonderful promise of the Lord. And we're supposed to be gathered here to worship and, and share and praise God. And yet, shuffling their feet, barely lifting their feet to step, looking at the ground, their shoulders all hunched over, and totally frowning, not even attempting a smile. And even when people talk to them, they won't meet their gaze. They, you know, they, they kind of look up and glance up. Now, granted, there are certain physical ailments that are preventative. But when you have a whole slew of people that are like that, is this a new pandemic that's happening? You bet, your, <laughs> you bet yourself it is. Derisiveness, sadness, dismay, destruct, dis, absolutely discouraged in things. And what does the Bible tell us? Be not afraid. Don't be discouraged. For I am your Lord thy God. I am with you wherever you go. Wherever we go, whatever we're going through, God is with us. That should be joyful enough to, to at least be able to hold your head up and say, wow, that's very cool. I'm going through all this, but God is with me. Brothers and sisters, it's important that we do that. The Holy Spirit is dwelling within us and it can shine through and show outwardly in our faces. And I've shared with you before that I've had people say, why are you so different? And I, I like the idea that that the Lord's brightness is reflecting out to the world. And, and that's a good, good thing. And uh, I'm going to share something here with you. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with open face beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. What John, what uh, Paul is writing there is that, is that that 
thing that I just shared, the spirit of the Lord shines outwardly through our faces. It shines out. It shows how people can see it. Remember, brother and sister, I've shared with you that, that they watch us. They do. They watch us closely. And I'm going to share with you here, John 8. And this is kind of a lengthy, so I'm going to only share part and parcel of this. And then you, you read in John 8. And you read that chapter. And this is when Jesus, when the Pharisees, members of the Sanhedrin, uh, scribes and Pharisees, they brought that woman and they were accusing her of adultery and they claimed that she was found in the very act and they brought her there. And because the written law said that she should be stoned. And then Jesus just uh, knelt down and he started doodling in the sand with his finger as if he wasn't even paying attention to them because they were ranting. They were just blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. And he kept, they kept pushing him. And then he got up and he looked at them and he said, he that is without sin among you, cast the first stone at her. And then he stooped down and he was writing in the sand again. And there were many that were convicted of their own consciences. They, they left. They started walking away. And Jesus was left alone with her. And he stood up. And he looked around. And then he looked at her. And he said, where are those that accuse you? Had no man condemned you? And she said, no man. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And then Jesus came and, and he began teaching again. And in verse 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. And that's Jesus' declaration. And those of us that walk in that light, we will reflect that light. We will show that light. But then, of course, too, you need to read this, in, this chapter in its entire. The Pharisees tried to entrap him and looking for things. And, and as I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, if you seek offense you will surely find offense. You will find it. And it's a thing that can be found readily, just like the truth and knowledge and wisdom of God can be found readily. All you have to do is open up the Bible and read it. And that is an important aspect of this word, brothers and sisters. The word of God. Open. Seek. Seek his face. And have the strength to hug one another. 
to share your tears if that's what need be done. Not to be afraid to show emotion, especially if it's emotion dealing with reverence to God, Jesus Christ, and the fact that we have the Holy Spirit that walks with us. Don't be afraid to share that. Show that. And for those of you that are out there that, man, getting a kiss by another guy, that's just too weird. Well, then I admonish you because that's in the word of God. We are told that we are to do that. And I would exhort you to go beyond your feelings of mammon and thinking how weird it is. This is part of what I'm talking about, being strong enough to do these things because mammon is going to point their finger and say, you're weird, you're odd, you're, you're this and you're that. Are we going to be strong enough to stand up against that? Or are we going to acquiesce, to sidestep, to compromise, to give up? And as I've shared with you, Daniel did not step down, step aside, or give up, or confront. And he was a powerfully strong man, yet did not need to confront the most powerful ruler at that time, Nebuchadnezzar, with the mighty strength of the armies of Babylon. And at that time was the most powerful. And then you have Hananiah, Mishael, Anzariah. Those were their Hebrew names that were later changed to Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those were Babylonian honorifics from Babylonian gods. But they refused to take those because they were children, young men of the chosen people. And they did not accept those. They stayed with their faith, their belief, and their prayers. They were put in the furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar himself saw one like unto the Son of God who was in the furnace with those three young men. They were taken as young teenagers when Babylon invaded Israel. I believe they were 14 years old. Died in captivity, but they were mighty men. God sustained them, strengthened them, and gave them authority over many. And Nebuchadnezzar recognized this power that God had. And later on, when he was sent to eat grass and was like unto a beast, and he was like that for a time, but his kingdom was preserved and he came back and then he confessed the power and the might of God and he was changed. But brothers and sisters, I would implore you to be strong enough to put on the full armor of God. It takes strength to wear armor God made armor for us. And as it is in Ephesians 6, 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Remember, brothers and sisters, in our weakness, he is strong. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that's here. Not only in those principalities that move around this place that we cannot see them, but they also manipulate and tool those that are in elected places and elected officials that are driving things in derision, separation, and driving these things and ideals in this country now. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done also to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins skirt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Brothers and sisters, just because we put on that armor doesn't mean that we are going out to battle and and be in the midst of that because God will tell us when we're going to go out there swinging. This armor and, and things, it's defensive also. And God will let us know when we're going to be needing to go out there and, and be in a fray. But brothers and sisters, we have to be strong enough to do that. God searches for a man to stand in the gap. I want to be that man. And, and here, understand this, okay? That historically, the gap was a place between the outer wall and the inner wall defensive of the city. And usually in the gap, was uh, there were gates. And this is where uh, merchants and tradespeople set up shops. And it's... It's like an alleyway, but between the outer wall of defense and the inner wall. Well, there were special soldiers that were in the gap because that was their absolute last line of defense before an enemy that was, uh, when the city became under siege, they would come in and they knew that there was a way to get in. And that those soldiers that were in the gap would guide the merchants and all those to the inner inner wall and the inner gate and, and they would ensure that they got through there and then they would stand fast and they would turn back to the enemy that was attacking and they would fight until the last. Well, that sounds kind of a, a gruesome thing, but it actually denotes something special about these soldiers is that they would not give up. They would not give in. They would not surrender. And their goal was to protect, defend, and they would guide. So, brothers and sisters, I challenge you, be that one in the gap. I've told God that I want to be that one in the gap for him. And that gap being between heaven and earth that we are here to guide those to that heavenly gate, to be a light to shine because the enemy in this plane of existence does attack. 
will attack, continues to attack, and the goal is to separate us from God. But what we have to believe, have faith in, and know, brothers and sisters, is that God will never leave nor forsake us. He's not just going to take us out someplace and then look around and he's gone. We may think he's gone and the enemy wants us to believe he's gone, but God does not do that. And he's not going to take us in the midst of something, some tumultuous exercise, and then just walk away. That's forsaking. He has promised not to leave nor forsake us. And if we think that he's gone, all we have to do is call out to him and he's right there. And we have to be able to be strong enough, brothers and sisters, that strength issue, strong enough to surrender instead of trying to do the fighting on our own. It's not for us. We're not called to do that. But we have to be strong enough to surrender that to God. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Have a blessed day. I pray over you, my going out, my coming in daily. And remember, if you seek offense, you're going to find it. But I would implore you to seek the face of God. Seek his truth. Seek his wisdom. Seek his love. Be in the word of God. Read the Bible continually. Pray without ceasing for one another. Be strong enough to hug one another. Be strong enough to greet each other with a holy kiss and not let mammon sit there and say, oh, what a sissy. No, that's too weird. Well, get a backbone, get some strength and say, that's what God says we're supposed to do because it's in his word. That's truth. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed day. Be strong, be encouraged. I love you.